Push these off me like Push these off me like Push these off me like Pushing the snakes, I'm pushing the fakes, I'm pushing them all off me like Pushing them all off me like All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the new Maestro Bill Tequila Studios. 87737-GRIND. Yeah, I've got one message from Matacos. I know he was saying, I missed the announcement yet. No, we haven't announced anything yet. We're probably going to parlay that over another day or so, too. So I wasn't going to say anything until somebody's actually remembered. But um, I'm just going to do it tomorrow or the next day. But since we had somebody just message me about it, that's where it's at. So you didn't miss anything. So nobody missed anything. Um, But... Before we move on, well, first of all, before we, because I know we, we just get used to it. It's it's camp time. It's going to be heavy football here pretty much from the time on out. But um, before we get back into football, because you just mentioned we were talking a little bit, and I know I already brought up in the opening, and I want to get clarification and people's thoughts out on Twitter or Facebook Live. You just used the word to describe this fight. And I thought you were talking about the UFC fight because I didn't see that one. But you explained to me what went down in that one. You used the words of this was exciting and awesome in the Spence and Crawford fight. And I, and I want you to elaborate on how. And I'm eager to see if anybody else, you know, basically agrees with that because. And well, let me let me ask you. Let me just say say that again, because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the reason why I'm pushing pause and don't understand kind of on that and the reason why. But go ahead, though. I mean, the build up, the anticipation. You look at the live odds and uh, or and the the pre fight odds. I mean, th- there wasn't a lot of separating. I think I think Bud was maybe minus one eighty uh, entering the fight. Uh, no, I think it was even shorter than that. And you just kind of see the odds climb, and, and Spence definitely, in, in most opinions, took took the first round. And, and you you look at the the two two different styles, and and earlier when you said you know you had two southpaws, Bud Crawford, he's he's ambidextrous. Why? So it's not necessarily that he's a southpaw. He went southpaw, right. and that was a choice. Um, and so maybe he could have come out right. It, what he every decision he made in that fight was just on point. No, he dominated. Just on point. And when you look at like not only what the fight meant, the buildup, and um, the fact that you you see Spence go down twice, I think in what round five, for a total you had three total knockdowns, like maybe four by the, by the end. Uh, it was it was awesome. I mean, it was just the the crowd felt it. Um, you know, obviously, to, to watch a performance like that, yes, one guy, one guy, you know, got his ass handed to him. Well, but, but for all as as close as this fight was supposed to be, and you just see the approach, and and like I told said on Friday, you know, Spence came out saying he wanted to finish him, finish Crawford. Crawford said, "Hey, I'm I'm willing to take this twelve rounds. A win is a win, at the end of the day." And that's where when I went with when you're like, "Hey, well, who do you got?" I went Crawford, because I felt like his approach was more responsible going into this kind of a fight. Hmm. And when you saw Spence throw his shots that he did, again, he was he was going for it all. And Crawford was just tactical, tactical, tactical. And, and, and even in the end, the, the, the official had to step in because Spence could have kept going. He shouldn't have kept going. He could have. 
Um, and and it, it 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 was a masterclass, dude. I don't I don't know how you're disappointed in in in. Well, well, I think you alluded to it part of your take. I mean, that's your opinion. I mean, I just feel like, you know, you know me, I'm coming to school that I don't like to water everything down. And, and, And we're in an era to where everything has to be, we have to consume like, well, is this the greatest we've seen the great? I think that basically what you just described is the reason why I say it's hard for me to say awesome because of the hype of years building up to this fight and the hype going into it. This fight should have what most people anticipated. This was supposed to be a closer fight than what it was, and it's a it's almost borderline a go go gadget arm stretch to even give Spence round one. As far as I'm concerned, his defense was so horrible that he looked like him and his corner were unprepared to fight a southpaw. Whether he chose, whether Crawford chose, he could have fought him right, he could have fought him left. Hell, it looks like he could have fought him maybe with one and a half hand, it was still going to kick his ass. For the hype building up to this, and yes, you witnessed history. You tune in, if you if you paid the $84, you witnessed history. It's only happened from a female boxer. Other than that, he unified the belts in two divisions. Yes, but for the, for the hype that was given up and how much credit and love Spence got, no, that that was a that was a letdown because that fight wasn't supposed to be that lopsided. When you two, like when you two, that's why when people tune into a Super Bowl, when you when you tune into two weeks hyping of the Super Bowl and you tune into the Super Bowl and it is a blowout. If you go back to Denver, a la Seattle Seahawks, when Denver got their ass handed to them, if you go to some of the blowout Super Bowl, it's a letdown. It's not a good thing. Same thing as the fight Saturday night. That was not. And, and to me. When you look at Spence's face, and first of all, I'm not going to sit here and act like I knew a bunch of tell of the tape on both of these guys. I only saw Crawford fight maybe like uh, maybe a half a fight, one of his fights. I'm not trying to sit here and say I knew the background all this, but I know how big this fight was because we've been hearing about it for the last three years. Everybody and their mom thought that fight was going to be more competitive. It went off. Vegas had it at minus 150 on Crawford's side. And let me tell you, the juice – on the over 10 and a half rounds were like at 290 minus 290 so if you took the under whoever took the under got paid that fight was a letdown and for spence to sit there right and i understand and like honestly like jim gray needs to retire like he needs to go somewhere like jim gray is not even the right guy like rest his soul i forgot who used to do it for heb he used to get on your nerve people used to get on nerves with him his old guy but he fit like jim jim gray is just he needs to go somewhere but when when you have spence sit there bloody all face lips and everything and talking about there's nothing in there that basically is going to make anybody want to go really pay for a rematch and especially in december he looked totally unprepared now the one thing i will tell you i mean as first of all i underestimated it didn't know really that crawford was that good but if you go and do a four out of seven, Crawford and Spence, which you'll never have four fights. But if let's say if this was a series, four out of seven, from the looks of it, I don't know what Spence can really do. But Crawford would probably gentlemen sweep him every time, if not a sweep. I'm eager to see what the numbers are going to be after pay-per-view and everything and buys on this. And they will be very high, probably more than what we've seen in usual because this was a big fight. And I promise you, if they do round two, if they do two, because I think it was an automatic, you know, rematch clause. If they do round two, and especially if it comes in December, they'd be lucky to do half the numbers they did for this one. 
based off of Spence's performance. And I guarantee you, like, you know, talking to Salami, like Salami was saying, he, like, I guarantee you Spence circled got smaller after that fight last Saturday. The hype train around him, the guy, the entourage, the sitting there. The, and, and I'm not saying it should have been, but that just shows you how life is. The aura of Spence, like Crawford took the aura. Like when you hear awesome and a fight of hype up, I'm thinking Haglin Hearns. I'm thinking even some other fights that goes down to when you talk about it. Excited. I mean, that's your opinion. You thought you tuned in. You tuned in what you saw. Your expectations were met. I'm talking probably from a passerby or somebody that doesn't know too much about these two uh, careers, but we just know this is what the fans, everybody wanted this fight. That was disappointing. That was disappointing. And I'm kind of disappointed in, 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 in Spence's corner and Spence. Now, I think Spence handled himself – I think both fighters handled themselves very professionally after the fight. I mean, Crawford didn't really, you know, high step from the 20. You know, he showed respect uh, because they know, I mean, hell, you get in that ring, you can die in that ring. So you got to have respect to your opponent. But Spence, totally unprepared. It, it just, it looks like to me, like he didn't really, I don't even know if they watched film on Crawford that much. His defense is like, there was no, ta and, and it got to the point, to be honest with you, the fight should have been stopped in the sixth round. The fifth round, the fight could have been stopped in round five or six. But the reality of it is, is that Spence looked like, and, and by round six or so five, his effective punches after he got knocked down and probably the first time in his career and got stunned, the more beating he took in his face, the less his effect of his punch was. He didn't even have the strength to tag him with anything that was going to hurt him. Disappointing, though. But you thought it was awesome. But, I, I mean, I've seen some, you know, I'm no Larry Merchant. I'm no boxing expert. But I've seen some fights in my lifetime that this one, other than witnessing history, th th this, this doesn't rank anywhere close up in there. Tweet at Sports Crying. Leave comments on Facebook Live if you agree with Jonas. Um, but I just thought, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say it was terrible. But it was it did not live up closely to the hype. It really didn't. What do you got? Well, one thing about the rematch is is Spence wants Crawford to go up to one fifty four with him. Uh, I feel if I'm Crawford, I want to keep it at one forty seven. Um, you you feel like if you want the rematch, you should meet you got you got to meet the champ where he wants it, right? Well, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's too much for Spence to. Say to say, hey, bud, come up to my level. Well, yeah, I think Crawford has earned. I don't know what the split was on this, the perch split. If it was sixty forty either way, or who got more? If it was fifty fifty split, but I think if you're talking about a rematch, especially in December, you're talking about. I don't even see how that's possible. It could be, but you're talking about a rematch four months down the road, six months. Evan uh, Crawford would have all the leverage. We're gonna do it at whatever weight class I feel comfortable with. I don't have to prove anything to you. I'm trying to prove anything to anybody else. I don't need to. I've already proved myself to you. You got to do it on my terms. Now, the question I have for you, Jonas, because you follow the sport a little bit more than I do. You write and covered on it. Um, what's next for Crawford? If we take this rematch out of Spence, who's out there that's next for Crawford that could challenge him? Do you know of anybody? Um, I don't know. That's what I guess that's what I'm eager to figure out in regards to even from the fight fans, even if not technically, but is there some other fighter out there that basically um fans would want to see at either weight level? Whatever weight level, I mean he's got the belts in two different classes. Is there anybody in those divisions 
classes wise that you would see that maybe could compare uh could challenge them if you don't know if you need time to think about it, that's fine but i'm just saying off the cuff that you knew anybody i i don't think he's holding simultaneous and again he, he, he made the move up okay right so so he vacated his belts below um now you're always a champion it is what it is. I think that Spence fight is going to have to happen again because there is a on the rematch clause. There mm-hmm. is a time window on that to make it happen. So if the two of them want want it to happen, they can get it all together again. This was delayed a whole year as it was anyway. Um, then I, again, I feel like it's going to be Crawford's decision on that. But I mean, you're looking at uh, Virgil Ortiz. I think is going to be next. Uh, he's going to be um, he. His next fight is not scheduled. You know, just checking on ESPN real quick. Uh, so yeah, he's number three. Okay. So if if it's not going to be Spence, if Spence is really you know set on on, on move, taking the step up to weight, what weight class that he already said he is moving out of the division, then probably looking at Virgil Ortiz Jr. And really, and so basically, what you're educating me on is that technically Spence came down to Crawford's weight for this for this particular fight. And he said this yeah. was his last fight at, oh, what, one, again, 147. So that's, Crawford that's said that or Spence said that? Spence said okay. that beforehand. Okay. Okay. No, that, that's, that's nice uh, information. And that's where I mean, he said afterwards, some people were saying, well, did the cut hurt you? Did the cut impact? He said, no. He said, he said I got beat by the better man tonight. And I just feel that now that you've added that caveat to it, I just feel that Crawford would still have even the better advantage if he moved up and fought at that weight class, even if he did. he would It would still be damaging. I just, I mean, sometimes it sounds like cliche, man, but sometimes, like they say, styles make fights. And, I mean, Spence was, what, 26-0, 29-0 coming into this fight? Um, but there's only so much climbing up that you can do. So he was a champion at one or uh, you know, undisputed at what one forty I think. You move up to one forty seven. Now you're undisputed. Do you try to go up yet another class? You're talking about fighting seventeen pounds heavier than where you were, you know, first champ and undisputed. That's and you're going up against guys who who have to cut less weight to come down are to you, you. Are you talking about if you're Crawford and you decide to go up? Or in class, is that what you're talking if about? You were to, if you were to say, okay, yeah, Spence, I'll meet you at 154. And you were a champ at 140, you were a champ at 147. And Spence, Spence it's going to impact him less to cut down. Because instead of cutting down from 154 to 147, right. he's already his body's used to being at a bigger weight. So it's how much do you want to climb before you start putting yourself into trouble? That's, that's where you get into the Canelo conversation. Okay, going up to Bevel. You're a champ here. You're a champ here. Now you're now you're maybe fighting too much above your belt. Well, I don't think Crawford. I, I mean, I you, like I said, I don't. I haven't heard, and you know better than me. I mean, I don't think Crawford has talked about the eagerness to move up. Um, like he needs another challenge. I mean, but if you're talking about a he rematch, needed, he needed this challenge first. Right. They, again, he he came in with one belt right. versus Spence's three. Right. So I think if you're just talking about the rematch point of view I, and you know like i said unless it's the language in the contract i think that spence has to fight him again at the same weight but i think crawford i don't think crawford and that's why i asked the, for the challenge who's out there because i don't know if crawford's gonna look at i mean when you accomplish that and then you look at the story which i didn't even know if i mean hell crawford been shot in the head and survived you know basically i've counted money to dice 35 game. years old yeah so you you the reason why i bring that up is that you uh you like you, you're to the point where you've been through that. There's not too many challenges that's going to back you off. And I do feel Spence did a little bit more talking leading up to this fight than Crawford did. 
Um, but I just feel it's a situation where Crawford has nothing really left to prove. But I'm just the whole reason why I wanted to revisit this or your comments, because I want to look like, well, I just I didn't leave that fight thinking like, you know what? I can't wait to see a rematch. Mostly when you have fights, whether they're heavyweight fights, middleweight fights this way, it doesn't matter. Usually if they're passer buyer fights, like gets the casual person to come in, usually by Monday, there's a consensus that if people say, we've got to do that again, we've got to do this again. I ain't heard nobody on any platform say that they would be eager and looked at that fight and walked away and say, we need to see part two of that. If they're going to have part two of the rematch of that, they might as well put that on YouTube. And you put it on YouTube. Okay. Well, speaking of of YouTube, next is going to be Nate Diaz and Jake Paul coming up this weekend. Love Nate Diaz, but this is just something that needs to that just needs to be eradicated uh, from the fight scene. These these gimmicky bearded lady charity fights um, just needs to be eradicated from the sport. You know, and and really honestly, that's on the fans and the consumers. Y'all keep consuming that crap; they're going to keep doing it. That's just the reality of it is. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are b- broadcasting from the new Maestro DeBell studio, Tequila's Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting from the newly Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 
And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Keep in mind, Texas summers can get very hot, as we all know by now. But the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix, that's the latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup, brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports grind. And don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. All right, 877. Three seven grind. Uh, we've got uh, before we go on. I guess we've got, we've got some comments here on uh, Facebook Live as well too. And there's a couple things that I wanted to touch on, but we've got um, a phone call, so we're going to go to the phones and check in on the phones. And we've got Kansas City Rob. Kansas City Rob, you're on the Sports Grind here. What's going on this afternoon, sir? Hey, what's up, guy? How you doing, man? All right, man. Just hanging. Next day, Monday, but getting through it. What's going on? Oh, and then I kind of wanted to chime in about the fight. Yeah. Um, on the real, I, the build-up to the fight, the excitement, you know, I'm with Jonas on that. But as far as watching the fight, the first round, second round was exciting because, you know, like I, me and my dad, we, we were watching it. We gave Spence the first round. The second round, when, when, you know, when Bud knocked down Spence, it's like, okay, this is getting good. They got exciting. And then it started getting ugly and more uglier and uglier as we went. By the seventh round, we looked. me and my dad looked at each other and said, this fight needs to be over with. They should call it. There's no need for a rematch. Even at 154, I'm sorry. When you get beat like that, there really is no need for a rematch. When when Mayweather fought Gaddy and beat the hell out of Gaddy, nobody was saying, oh, we need a rematch. Well, then, let, me when add, fought, what, let me ask you this, Kansas City Rob. Let me ask you this, Kansas Rob, because I know um, you've listened to the show forever, and, I, and I, I've heard your boxing take, so I respect your boxing knowledge, uh, uh, knowledge. Then what's – I hear what you're saying in regards to the fight, but the question I have for you then, then give me what, what's next for Crawford. Who do you think that at Crawford's, depending on what weight group you choose, who's next to challenge Crawford? Because really the way he performed – Saturday night, he damn near for his weight division or where he's at almost looks damn unbeatable. And I understand some guys can get up for certain fights, but who would you say the lookout for would make sense for his next his next fight? Well, I'll give you I'll give you both Crawford and Spence uh, for Crawford Ortiz. I mean, yeah, I mean, Bub would run through him. The one fight I would love to see that he this uh, Jerron boots in us. He okay. would have gave Spence fits, and he would and he would give Crawford fits. I'm not saying he would beat Crawford, but he's a problem. Even Stephen A. Smith this morning was talking about him. Boots Ennis is a problem. Hmm. But also, but Crawford could move up to 154 because after the fight, when, when they called the fight, you see Crawford get on the ropes and look at the Charlo brothers because he's got beef with them. And he told Jamel, I want you next. He said, when you're done with Canelo, I want you next. Hmm. He wants to knock out both Charlo brothers because, you know, they've been yapping back and forth. As far as for Spence, nobody's going to clear him for the rest of the year. He's going to be medically ineligible by Vegas, probably for six to eight months to heal up, and he needs to go back to the drawing board, move up to 154. There's there's decent fights out there, and there's a possible, you know, undisputed fight. You know, he could take on his teammate in Charlo, which I don't know if he would, but there's a potential big fight with Tim Zhu, which is Costa Zhu's son, that, that's lowered, you know, it, it's kind of lingering there. He has a chance to be undisputed at 154. But in the meantime, it's Bud Crawford's world. Hands down, he's the best pound for pound fighter in the world after that master class, you know, whooping he put on Spence. And it hurts to watch because 
That's my guy. I hear that. Thanks for the phone call, uh, Kansas City Rob. Stay safe out there. Thanks for checking in with us. Um, yeah, Kansas City Rob has great uh, boxing knowledge. He's been calling this program for, for a long time. Um, you know, that's why I want to ask him. And I agree. I mean, now, see, Crawford, which I have no idea who he's he's speaking of because I don't I'm not enriched into like since Floyd left I've kind of left the boxing scene keeping up with who's who besides when Canelo fights, but based off of what Kansas City Rob said like Crawford the the performance that he displayed on Saturday, if there's a worthy if the boxing people I lean on experts or knowledge of say Kansas City Rob or what the buzz is like Crawford's performance that he put on Saturday he'll make, Crawford has earned for me to go out and pay for his next fight if he. He's going to fight somebody that's challenging. I don't see myself paying for Crawford and Spence part two, whether it's later in December, whether they don't get approved medically. I don't see that. I just feel like sometimes there's styles that make fights. And I think Spence kind of got exposed to the most part. Doesn't mean his career is over, but the buzz is that that was a lot on the line. That fight Saturday, there was a lot of belts on the line, reputation, and you know somebody's got to walk away a loser. But I think it's also in the fashion you lose. There's a difference showing up in February in the Super Bowl and getting beat by thirty or forty than basically having a field goal kick that goes wide right. You're perceived a different way from the public eye. And that's the reason why if this would have lived up to the hype in regards to this would have really went the distance where the desert thought he was going to go with the odds that it was on the over under over 10 and a half rounds. If it would have went that most people who attended the fight, the who's of the who's were at the fight. But I think if it goes well and this just comes down to like, hey, man, Crawford beat him on out points, but it went to the decision and Spence were able to get his and it was close. Then without a doubt, you talk about mega bucks for a part two. But it didn't go that way. But you did see history, though. And you saw a dominating performance. And that's just the reality. And I think what's crazy about it, it also shows you in the way it's also perceived from the media and some fans. Because I've seen dominating performances from Mayweather. But Mayweather's dominating performances come in more critiquing and more saying, oh, he's born. Because Mayweather's performance comes in tactical defensive strategies that Mayweather has and outboxing his opponents and score, whether he messes them up big or not, those are dominating performances, but they're not revered to the same way as this one that Crawford did. Cause this is more of like, yo, your face is leaking. I'm going to make your face leak. And that's what he did to Spence. And people love that because it's fight. So I just wanted to bring that example up because, again, media and fans, they choose how they consume things and what's different. They pick and choose how they put certain things in the category. Joe Barrow hasn't had a camp. Missed that? Hey, man, Rich's contract, he's, he'll make it okay. Lamar Jackson, well, I can't pay him because he might get hurt. He never, he never plays. We'll see. But I'll definitely, but Crawford had earned the right for, I think, I'll pay to go see Crawford. If it's against, and I think he's at the point right now where it's going to have to be a formidable opponent. It's going to have to be a threat because he's that good. He's proven that he's that good. Nobody is just going to, don't, I don't think nobody's going to be rushing to pay-per-view to basically sit him and see him take a warm-up fight at any weight division to get to the Charlo brothers or whoever Rob speaks of. So we'll see how it plays out. 
877-37-GRIND. All right, so moving back to the NFL uh, scene, uh, football scene. Well, first of all, before the NFL, college, you know, we're weeks away from that. Really didn't have too much college news for you today other than Archie Manning came across the news. Oh, Archie. Uh, he signed a memorabilia card, I guess, and he's broken records at an auction. Now, you are a card guy, Jonas, and this is a world that you used to pay very close attention to. So um, in the card auction world and where Archie Manning has signed this card, what is this record and what kind of auction and what is the number that you're hearing with this? Because the crazy thing about it is before you answer that is I alluded to this in the opening. We don't Archie is not even the name, the starter. I don't think he's starting week one. I mean, everything that's come out of Sarkeesian, everything that's come out of the Manning camp, they're down with the development. They're down with the process. They're going to bring him along slowly. And it's crazy because I heard he wasn't taking any NIL, which this is not an NIL deal, but he had even gone as far as saying, hey, there's no NIL endorsement until I become starter. So what is the buzz around this record-breaking auction signing on this particular uh, card or memorabilia that Archie Manning has signed? Well, his first trading card, um, and he autographed it. It's a one-of-one one prism black produced by Panini. Okay. Uh, ESPN reporting 102.5K. $102,500 is the highest-selling card through, this, through Panini's website. Topping out Luca's uh, Luca card, uh, Luca Doncic one of one that sold for a thousand, a hundred thousand um, dollars. Proceeds are being are are being uh, given to so the hundred and two thousand five hundred and two thousand five hundred dollars now becomes a donation. All proceeds from the sale will benefit Central Texas nonprofit with the help of St. David's Healthcare and the St. David's Foundation. Uh, the oh. winner of that, this is uh, Tom, let me grab his name here, Tom Van Heron from ESPN also reporting, the winner of the auction is unknown, we don't know who it was, but they'll get to go participate in a meet and greet with Arch Manning uh, and catch passes from him and take part in, uh, take part in uh, the check presentation for the proceeds, so for the donation and everything like that, Andy gets to catch passes from the youngest Manning. And who did they did they say the name of who won the the he is unknown. Uh, uh, he's uh, okay unknown okay so I just want to clarify that before I gave my take um, to me this goes down to whether it's not just about Arch Manning but let's say a player in Arch Manning's position uh, with the buzz the recruitment he had and just say the university he plays for you know when you're going to bid a hundred and two thousand dollars on a card for for a collegiate player by the way um, at this stage of his career. Um, it's a gamble and it's an investment and, and evidently it's from a wealthy individual or rich person that can afford to pay that or you're just some crazy nut Texas burnt orange fan but I, I think even if you're a crazy nut Texas burnt orange fan this is still an investment in what you're gambling on and what you're gambling on is the fact that Archie Manning is not only going to prove to be that guy at the University of Texas and lead them to national championships opportunity, you're also making this investment saying that Archie Manning is going to go on into the NFL and end up being one of the best Mannings out of the two that we've ever seen. That's when you go and take a gamble of $102,000 on an Archie Manning card when he is not even, we haven't even seen him play one lick of college down in football yet, and he hasn't even been named the starter. I do think you might see Archie Manning at some point in the season. Now, if you do, that means uh, yours. That means that things might be going not as planned. But that's my take. That's a that's an investment gamble. That's like playing a stock. That's that that that's my opinion. That's that's what that is. But it feels like a rather safe stock because it the donations and proceeds going to St. David's 
uh, it makes it a tax write-off as well. And now you now you own this card. It's a one of one. There's not another one in the world. Right. It has his signature on it. So first off, you get to write off write it off your taxes. Probably. The second factor is is let's say two years from now, three years from now, he becomes the number one overall pick. Oh. You can go ahead and flip that again. So right. not only did you get to write it off your taxes now, huh. but you can flip it later. Still a gamble, still an investment. And the donation that you talk I mean, about you that to it goes to, cash, the, the donation that you said, the charity that it goes to, whoever this individual one, if he if he cared a lot about this particular charity, if this was a main charity, he could have just wrote a check strictly to this charity. Well, you can, this but this is why right. hospitals no. and, and organizations no, do art auctions and everything no, else. I got it's you. Just a, it's, a, it's a football card. I got you, but it's it's an investment. It's a gamble. He's banking on that Archie Manning is going to be everything advertised on this level and the next level. Because if that's the case, what is he going to be able to do? The charity has gotten their money. The hospital's gotten their money. And then going forward in another five or six years, he's going to be able to save that, sell that same card probably for maybe seven figures or more. So it's a gamble. It's an investment. Because if not, I mean, the charity aspect is just part of the promotion. It's part of the enticing thing to be like, look. Come to this auction we're going to do here. If you get it, hey, at least you know these are rich people, man. At least you know that basically your, part of your proceeds are going to go to a good a good cause. And then not only you get to brag and say, hey, I've got the Archie card 101 or whatever it is. It's like playing the stock market, man. It's like playing the over-under, like playing the plus three and a half, four and a half. It is a gamble. It is Because if Archie, what is that card going to be worth? Now, granted, the hospital, again, I don't want to sound like I'm poo-pooing on donating money to a good cause. But if Archie ends up blowing his knee out or ends up being a bust or doesn't ever have an NFL wow, career. we're talking about that already, huh? There, I mean, I'm just saying, if that's the case, that's the reality of it is the card ain't worth nothing. It's not worth anything. I mean, and you know that. You've been in that world. That's the card business. Like you said, can you get it? Can you go flip that card in another year or two? That's just what it is. Uh, I've seen people on social media that go spend high six-figure money on cards and stuff like that just in regards to hoping that, hey, you know what? This is one-on-one. This is going to case. There's a guy on social media. I think he's he's a sports gambler uh, capper. His name's Vegas Dave. That's the guy that hit that record for the most – payout in Vegas history back when the Royals won the World Series and he hit again I think the year that Denver won in Super Bowl 50 he, he a couple years ago he spent I think he bought a half a million dollars worth of Derek Carr cards now why did he do this because he thought Derek Carr in Vegas I'm telling you he's gonna be the next thing now granted this guy hit on the Mike Trout he bought a Mike Trout card early on and ended up flipping that card for a couple million but at the end of the day it's again them Derek Carr cards ain't worth nothing in Vegas they probably, uh, what's his brother's name, David? David's car probably most, more, more of them damn Raiders cards than Derek. Just saying. Maybe not, but still. And, oh, I'm so sick. I mean, you know, David's been working for the NFL Network for years, but it's like this interview with Derek and they have, I'm like, you know, this brotherly stuff, it's just so, it's just, so, just stop it. He's left the Raiders, man. Move on. Move on. 877- Three seven grind. All right, keeping it moving. Our women's World Cup is in action too, as well. I've been logging. My sleep schedule is pretty messed up because I've been up. I didn't think I was going to be like this because I was excited to see our women try to make history to three p. But I didn't think I was going to be logging World Cup women hours at two o'clock in the morning. Sometimes three o'clock in the morning. But I have been. The gap is closed. I mean, this is a, they they play Portugal 
uh, here in the next day or two. They've got to win this game. Uh, tonight. Tonight. Is that tonight? Uh, what time is that one? 2 a.m.? Oh, my goodness. I might need a nap before. I ain't taking a nap. I used to hate naps. And when, when I was, I think it was in kindergarten or I think it was, like I used to cry from I couldn't stand naps. At that. That, was, that was so irritating. Like I can't sleep and fall asleep anywhere outside my house. I ain't take naps forever. Might need a nap tonight. Because Portugal, this ain't no runaway. I mean, this is one of those that, I mean, there's been some upsets, man. I mean, Germany went down the other night. Um, there's been a few big upsets in women's soccer uh, so far. And I knew this was not going to be easy for our women to go ahead and three-peat. Uh, but they've got Portugal, as Jonah said, 2 o'clock in the morning, Central Standard Time. And I believe, just correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Clark, but I believe that they've got to get a W to advance out this group or win the group. I don't know if a draw, because right, right now they've got a draw. They drew with the Netherlands 1-1. They won their first match, and so this third match against Portugal, is it a win that they've got to win to win the group, or do they need to win just to advance to get out of the group? I feel like a win and you win the group. Uh, right now you've got, in terms of points, right, mm -hmm. uh, U.S. and the Netherlands are tied with four apiece. The win, mm -hmm. and they each had the win in their first round and then the draw, or then their first match and then the draw in the second match. So they're tied. Portugal picking up the win, they're at three points now. Uh, so if you get the draw, if they draw, then the United States would be 5-4 over Portugal. Uh, you, you, Vietnam can't catch them. Okay. Um, so, so then they're in. If you're talking about winning a, winning the group, uh, you know you definitely need the win at this point because you need to make sure that the Netherlands don't draw theirs. Right. Um, but you're looking to advance on to the round of 16. But they still need. You want to remove all doubt. You want momentum yeah. going into the elimination round of 16. Go get the win tonight. Yeah, their their defensive in the start of that Netherlands game was a little bit disappointing. I think they came out a little flat. I think the conditions, too, there was very cold and windy that day uh, where they played. Um, I think that kind of affected a little bit. And, again, there's daunting pressure, you know, on the American women because they are going for three-peats in general. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk in regards to uh, – with this women's soccer team because you have um, – Morgan, Alex Morgan, and I think there's two more players. Um, there's mothers now that they've had. They've 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 had children and their mothers now, and there's been a lot of talk. Um, you know what? Things happen for a reason. That was that. I'm telling you right now. That was the man upstairs saying, "You know what, man? You going somewhere with this? And you might as well just cue the music and call it a day. You gotta look for signs, folks." Might parlay that one in tomorrow. But anyway, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button, before you're out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York.
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 